Hello, hello, hello. So before I go into the next episode of the podcast, I'm really excited to announce that the new intake for the Female Fat Loss Program is now open. So it will be starting on the 7th of August. And it's perfect if you are just coming back from holidays and ready to kind of get back into things and the swing of things just before the school starts. So if you are interested in it, so it involves a six-week program, You'll get tailored calories, tailored programs with workout videos. You will have a Facebook group Facebook group to keep you accountable. You'll have me to keep you accountable. You'll have weekly check-ins. You will have weekly lives with me and that will answer your questions and Q&As. And it's amazing. And there's no foods off limits there. We're literally working for a weekly calorie average. So it's an amazing program and the, the, how good it's been since we started, since I started launching it is to say that 50% of those who've come from and that's at this date is that people who started up in June, 50% of those are going into the August one already. So that's saying that it is, and that's not, that's only halfway through. So those 50% have, have renewed. So that's how amazing the results have been so far. So if you're interested in working with me in a in the Female Fat Loss Program starting on the 7th of August, the price is 169 so 169 for six weeks and the the link is in the write-up and we're starting on the 7th of august and everything will be sent over to you the friday beforehand looking forward to seeing you there if you do sign up you won't regret it hey guys so welcome to the next episode of the shane walsh podcast so we are going to be doing a q a style from the female fat loss group of the the intake that came in in june and we're at week three now we're at halfway through which is fantastic and i think we've got about six or seven questions to get through so I think you guys are kind of noticing that these are kind of like these are questions that are being generally asked on a day-to-day basis. These questions are hopefully helping. And uh, hopefully if you have questions, this Q&As go up every Tuesday on my own Instagram if you want those as well. And I'll, I'll probably take one or two of those as well. Um, and that could help a few people as well to try and aid those individuals as well. Um, so there's a there's a few questions that's kind of like in relation to kind of rest times there's shin splints there's when to know when not to know how to reduce your calories tips for getting back into a routine after a weekend or a holiday how to manage expectations and why we kind of feel failure or feel guilty coming home back from holidays watch what was your advice be stepping on the scales and then there was a great question came in in relation to uh, steps and like if we do more steps how much more calories do we burn and stuff like that so hopefully you guys will find it useful and um, so the first question is ideal rest times between reps to keep heart rate in right spot for best effect so what i would probably say on that is it shouldn't really be about your heart rate so if you're looking at your watch all the time i wouldn't really worry about your heart rate like heart resting heart rate's a great mechanism and a tool and a data point for kind of seeing where you are at a general fitness point of view and but i wouldn't you really use it for like your rep ranges and your sets and stuff like that you can if you want some people do i would generally go by actually how you feel and are you ready to up your are you ready to go back into things so generally these are kind of like generic time ranges in between reps and sets generally generic time ranges so if you feel ready to push it before then and ready to and you've recovered enough or you've pushed your training hard enough so generally hard enough means are are your last three or four reps kind of within a seven to ten range of difficulty if you're consistently at that and you're able to recover 
and you're able to push up the reps or push up the the weight or you're at that weight and you're consistently pushing that well then that's what a sweet point is so it really does depend on the goal so it depends on what the specific goal is so it's kind of looking at are you going training for strength are you training for hypertrophy are you training for endurance so if we look to kind of like if we're looking to get stronger some would say that the rest period or the aim the kind of like the recommended rest period is between three to five reps or three to five minutes between sets so that would be kind of rep ranges of kind of lower rep ranges and this is mainly because of the energy your body consumes traditionally strength training heavy reps between one to six reps comes from a comes from the system called atp and the atp pc system uses phosphogens to kind of produce energy very very quickly and without the use of oxygen then your body has a very small phosphogen reserve which lasts about 15 seconds and it takes your body about three minutes give or take depending on the individual really does and genetics to fully replenish those phosphogen stores and in other words it can take about three minutes for that to recharge so if your goal is strength training three to five minutes is what they can look at there are studies showing that uh, that in one study uh, athletes lifted more like more weight and more times in three sets after resting three minutes compared to when they rested only one minute and other studies show that a seven percent increase in squat strength after five weeks of training three minutes of rest periods as well so it really does depend and then the group that rested about 30 seconds improved their their squat by about two percent and two more studies showed that very short rest periods of 30 to 40 seconds found nowhere near the amount of strength gains for the improved compared to the improved longer rest periods so it really does depend on what you're kind of looking for then there's hypertrophy so hypertrophy is generally a rep range of about 6 to 12 and they kind of normally recommend about a rest period of one to two minutes between your sets and this would be kind of like the rep ranges of what a bodybuilder would normally do or what normally couldn't be recommended for a beginner but beginners can be given strength programs as well it just depends on what the individual is looking for and in relation to kind of typical bodybuilding or hypertrophy training it's normally rep ranges of about six to twelve and it draws energy from the atp pc system which i spoke about a second and the glycotic system and the glycotic system gets most of its energy from the carbs that you actually eat that's why carbs are really important for you it's your body preferred source of energy and think of the atp pc system as a racehorse and the glycotic system as a steady dependable I don't know greyhound or whatever it may be because your glycotic system has to come to the party your body doesn't need to rest as long between the sets but as seen as you as as when you're strength training so you may not need that rest but you will be able to tell like if you're if you're feeling ready to go and you're able to feel that you can go back to what you were doing go back to the sets or you can push numbers up well then you're better on that so you're better not just like looking at your watch and saying right right three minutes have passed i must go again you may not be ready it depends on what you're doing so i would kind of like depend on that if you're kind of like an endurance athlete the rest period is about 45 seconds to two minutes and if you are like working like that's endurance kind of model and that's kind of like lightweight to moderate weight of about 15 to 20 reps um, and that would be the side of things as well and that's more endurance athletes that's not what i work with generally bar like a few uh, GAA teams that I've worked with in relation to that but for most people what they're trying to do is either 
gain muscle, gain strength. You can gain muscle and strength in all rep ranges. So if you're looking for a rep range or if you're looking for a sweet point with your rest, I wouldn't really work off your heart rate monitor. I would use them as a guideline of three to five minutes for your strength. I'd use them as a one to two minutes for hypertrophy and maybe 45 seconds to two minutes for your endurance. But the best gauge will be how you actually feel. Like if you're pushing your reps on the last three reps of like seven to 10 difficulty and you're and you feel good and ready to go you'll know that yourself you shouldn't need a watch to do that you'll know after a while of what's what you what ready feels like for you and what ready doesn't feel like for you and it's kind of like you may need to get a spotter behind you on that side of things as well so hopefully that answers that question i know there's a lot of technical terms like atp pc and all that kind of stuff so hopefully that hasn't jargoned people out too much the next question is in relation to information on shin splints and best thing to do. So I would always recommend and staying in my lane on relation to shin splints and it it depends is what the answer is. And I would always recommend that you kind of go to the doctor to make sure and go to a physio to see. And if kind of like over the counter tablets and pain relief aren't helping you i'd go to the doctor and I'd go to physio anyway just to kind of make sure you're looking at it so you need to look at what the shin splint actually is it refers to the pain along the shin bone the tibia uh, the large bone in the front of your lower leg and they're common in runners dancers and some military as well and it can happen in athletes it can happen from strains it can happen from generally not wearing the proper runners it can happen from a lot of different things and it overworks the muscles the tendons and the bone tissue in that certain area most can be treated with ice rest self-care the stuff that nobody likes to do and wearing proper footwear and i would recommend to go to the doctor and stuff like that if the issues are being heightened and the risk factors like if you're a runner and you're new to running um, and you haven't got proper footwear you may be aware of those you increase your duration or frequency of exercise to so say if you're doing going from say maybe a 5k to a 10k for example roughly in my head or you increase the frequency of the exercise that might happen as well you run on uneven ground so you might not you might be running up mountains or hills or whatever it may be you might be in the, the military you might have different arches like flat or high feet arches um as well so what i would recommend to do is physio or doctor look at potentially looking at analyzing your movement a form of video analysis of your running technique can help to identify any patterns so you can get them generally done um in i think someone like i think elveries do them um, you can get and contribute shin splints and they can change your running pattern and kind of guide you on that avoid overdoing it to get the right shoes consider arch supports consider shock absorbing shoes and insoles lessen the impact and um, so maybe swimming walking or biking could be beneficial for you there and add in strength training to your workout but if you're struggling with it doctor or physio is always going to be my my uh, outlook and my advice on that side of things the next question I think will help an awful lot of you because there's a fine line between impatience and insanity on this. So it's when should you down or reduce your calories? The answer again is it depends. And I think the issue happens here is the impatience side of things. And then the other element of it is adherence. And the other element of it is what your definition of dieting is. Most people's definition, if I was asked most people in the group right now what the definition of dieting is, it means suffering and long-term pain. 
like that's the unfortunate issue that a lot of people have like dieting is difficult but we definitely make it more difficult for ourselves we really really do because we cut out food groups we we make it more difficult by going out in the weekends and all our budgets and expecting to still get the same progress if you know what i mean i'm not saying you can't can make progress but weekends but it's what you do on average is going to get you results we want things so quickly we want this we live in a dopamine nation so the big thing that i would say is if before you move down your calories i'd ask the big question are you being 100 percent adherent like 100 percent. are you counting out are you counting alcohol are you counting your fruit are you counting because that can add up are you counting your root veggies are you counting uh, every all the liquid calories that you're potentially having are you counting accurately if you're not counting accurately well then it's going to not accurate representation so then the other question is are you being impatient how long are you trying to change things have you potentially gone too low too quickly and what do i mean by that have you gone for 1200 calories at the beginning and then things have stalled but my guess is you haven't been adherent you haven't stuck to it so it's not the it's not the adherence that's the issue it's the starting point of 1200 calories i would always recommend people start off on a higher not always always a big statement for most people depending on how quick and ready they are to push their weight loss journey for those who are severely obese uh, which no one in this group is severely obese quicker fat loss approaches are recommended for some individuals to get quick wins for others they need to go on a slower more moderate approach and that can suit them to be long-term adherent so you need to look at what calorie range you're setting yourself up for if you're sticking to 1200 calories you will see results but you're going to end up in trouble down the line i would say and 1200 calories is it advised for most no but if you are someone who's quite short in tight and quite light 1200 calories might be all that you need but most people don't need 1200 calories and they're picking those because my fitness pal have given them if my fitness pal told you to run across in traffic would you do it my guess is no so why are you doing that it's only i think most people enter in two pounds of weight loss a week into my fitness pal so that's not that's not adherent or that's not setting you up for success most of you so i wouldn't listen to that inside of things are you being impatient are you how long have things kind of stopped or stalled is generally the word or hit up weight loss plateau it's kind of like well are you hitting a weight loss plateau or are you being impatient if you listen to the episode on weight loss v fat loss there's a massive difference so weight loss is literally what you weigh and that's what a scales looks at and then there's fat loss of your body composition your body fat percentage and how you look and how you feel that's essentially what fat loss is so weighing scales can only measure what you weigh it can't measure that fat loss phase thing at all um, so it's looking at our me- and measurements are a great indicator of that body fat percentage. I wouldn't recommend most people to get their body fat percentage done. If you're not happy with what you weigh, you probably won't be happy with what your body fat percentage is. Most people don't really like it. I've done it once. I was surprised. It's, it's normally higher than you think. And um, so it's kind of like, well, have measurements and weight stalled for two weeks, I would rec- normally recommend. And has that person been adhering to 100%? If the answer is yes, we'll then potentially reduce the calories by 1,150. If the person hasn't been adherent, well, then I would look at bringing the adherence element in. It's like, well, what are you struggling with? Well, are you more stressed? Are you drinking enough water? Are you sleeping? Are you going on nights out? Are you not counting your alcohol? I know I was talking to one of the clients or two of the clients uh, yesterday on check-ins, one in the group and one elsewhere, and they 
said that they'd only had a couple of drinks over the weekend i was like mm, you're irish i i don't believe you so i made them questions like and then they looked and they said they had had more alcohol a good bit more alcohol than two drinks when someone says they have two or three drinks and they've woken up hung over to to ask it's normally it's not two or three drinks it's more a hell of a lot more so that could have been a difference of like almost doubling the amount of calories that they had and potentially that would have brought them into maintenance that would have brought them into a surplus because over the whole week if you're not on average that's what we're trying to aim for if you know what i mean so are we only aiming for the what the weighing scales are telling us is a big question as well if we're only aiming for the weighing scales it's probably the wrong tool for you and you're driving you're waiting for a validation for your efforts that's essentially what the scales are doing it's a piece of plastic it can't give you validation it's not going to high five you that's not what it's for it's a data point it's a metric point it's like using your bank balance to see how good you are at sex that's essentially what it is like a weighing scales is a great tool in the right hands but there's two methods with the weighing scales is you either use it all the time or you don't use it at all dipping in and out of it is probably running away from the issue i would probably say most of us probably should spend less time on it um but it's a great data point if you're not getting if because all all the weighing scales are telling us is what you weigh it's not telling you anything else it's you projecting onto what the scales are saying that's essentially what it is the weighing scales is literally giving a number but that number means nothing you attack you give meaning to that number it's kind of looking at when should you reduce or lower your calories have you been 100 adherent or measurement have measurements and photos or your weight change or stalled and then in relation to the last one is are you only driven by the scales if any of those metrics are kind of looking at more of a negative lens you need to look at and say to yourself well i actually haven't been adherent and i would say more often than not there's a massive margin for error there's about 20 to 30 percent for the most experienced uh calorie counter and like if you got 20 30 percent less on your salary you'd notice it so with counting calories it's only as accurate as the person entering in but it's giving a rough estimate and things can always be fine-tuned and looked with and looked at with clients and stuff like that which is a great way so if things kind of if nothing changes in your photos your measurements your weight your strength anything like that in like two weeks and you've been adherent and 100 adherent well then that might be the way to reduce it by 100 150 calories where i would pick those numbers out it's out of my head but i wouldn't go too aggressive with it i wouldn't make massive differences to it it might mean a subtle thing like you could be stressed as well it could be your time of the month as well because i've seen clients put on 15 pounds at time of the month due to water weight so it's kind of and being massive stress are you getting enough water into you are you doing the things you should be doing and um, that's the big thing as well so when should you do when should you reduce it it depends on are you being adherent depends are you being impatient and it depends on are the main metrics going down and if they're still going down like if the scale stays the same and measurements change things are still working fat loss is still occurring so uh yeah most people are too quick to change things due to impatience so why change anything if it's working big question uh so the next question is in relation to this is a great question is in relation to 
if 7,000 steps, according to the last podcast, is a sweet point, and you already do around 10,000 steps, how much of an increase would you want to be adding to make a difference? So the answer is it depends. And the body is a complicated system. So we know that from the previous episode and the episode with Dan and Amanda from Recalibrated Bodies, that the research that was done on these kind of like 10,000 steps was by, by a, a company over in Japan. And that was a way to get more people to buy pedometers, which are the things on your on your, on your your wrist. And there's a massive margin for error with those fitness trackers, with the amount of steps and the calories burnt. It can be up to 20, 30%. It could be up to 50%. It's depending on what articles you read. So they're not 100% accurate. And people can be more efficient at burning calories. People can be go at different speeds. People can go at different intensities. People will take different strides, like their length of stride. So that gives us an indication of that it's not a fair reflection. It's not the same tool for everyone. It's not the same outcome for everyone. So we know anywhere between 4,400 steps, it reduced the risk of a premature death by about 40% compared to those who people who are doing 2,700 steps. And if you look at it from another point of view of, why do you want to do more steps? Why do you want to do more steps? Like, can you actually stick to it? Like if you're someone who's a teacher or a nurse or a childminder or whatever, maybe your steps might be high anyway, which is, which is great. But if you can't stick to 7,000 or 10,000 steps, why do you think 20,000 is what you need? So if you're doing 10,000 steps already, you're, you're doing more than enough. I would normally look at your food choices and food is the number one thing that I would look at rather than trying to do more exercise in order to outdo in inverted commas what you're eating because the, the the biggest thing is most people are trying to outdo things when it comes to things they're trying to outdo takeaways trying to do outdo holidays trying to outdo ta- uh, nights out and stuff like that and that's not what the, the tool is like on average about 10,000 steps takes about an hour and 20 minutes so 20,000 steps is more than likely close to three hours because you're probably not going to you're going to ro- probably reduce intensity so not many of us have three hours a day to kind of be doing a walk like realistically you might have one on Saturday or Sunday but seven days a week I highly doubt it so it really does depend on the stride it depends on the intensity it depends on genetics it depends on your gender it depends on a lot of different factors like it's not as if at 10,000 calories you burn x amount and at 20,000 calories you burn double that the body adapts the body gets clever it kicks into safety mode and that doesn't happen like you are going to burn more calories with 20,000 steps compared to 10,000 steps but to, to put a number on it it's too difficult to do it in a in a setting it's too difficult to do it it's not going to be the most accurate different weights different sizes different genetics different hydration levels different loads of different things so it's very very complicated i wouldn't worry about it too much i would be more concentrating on are you getting a walk in more often than not like if you're someone who's struggling to do four thousand steps a day and you're looking at twenty thousand steps you need to look at are you realistically going to stick to it I would pick, I would. I, I don't look at what steps I look at. I don't look at what my steps are on my watch. I'd literally just go for a walk. Like I went on my walk this morning as I cried. I just go for my walk. I don't know what steps I do. It's not about steps. It's literally about what I can do to protect my mental health. And that takes the pressure away rather than aiming for a step count. I know I've, I sometimes on with check-ins and stuff, I give you guys, check, I give you that. But I'd rather you guys go, I've just gone for a walk. 
like I know some people are have mad steps like ridiculous steps and then others are struggling a little bit um, there's no right or wrong approach it's doing what you can ask yourself am I doing enough have I got priority for myself am I getting out for a walk if you've got a dog or a child or whatever and you've got a young kid bring them out in the pram um, you've got you've got a dog the dog needs a walk um, so that could be a way to do it so yeah I can't give a particular number it, it really really does depend and then the next question which is happening an awful lot I think everyone seems to be away in July which is coming back from holidays should you would you advise stepping on the scale straight away I know I answered this quite vaguely um, and can answer things quite vaguely and the answer is it depends I would always ask was the week away or the two weeks away or the time away that you had a true reflection of what your true efforts were and towards your goal and more often than not there's a little bit more alcohol there's a lot more food at place so it's probably not going to be a true reflection so if it's not going to be a true reflection of what you've what your goal is because your priority on holidays is to rest to recover to enjoy the company and potentially have a few more drinks and stuff like that and enjoy yourself there's nothing wrong with that but that's been your priority so if you're coming back and expecting the scales to be down when you come back from holidays it's almost like me expecting the apple beside me here to almost bring back my hair it's not going to happen like it's um you're expecting miracles you're it's not a true reflection if you want to step on it and see where you're at it's not about saying how much damage i've done because that's not a true that's not a great sentence to go in on step on the scales because the scales are just weighing you it's giving you a number and one of the one of you guys in the group realized this that stepped on it three times for for whatever reason but it was a, it worked for you in relation to each no each time you, you stepped on it it changed the number and that gave you what you do on average it's what you do on average that will get people to their goal rather than one day or one week or two weeks like if you're running away for two weeks and you've eaten nothing but or drank more than usual the scales isn't going to be a great tool for that you can stay away from it if you want or you can step on it if you want it's completely up to you it's not going to be an accurate reading for what you say your goal is if it impacts your mood i would ask why does it impact your mood if it's just a number and we know it's just a number why are you letting it impact your mood what's this what's that number saying about you why are you associating it with being a success if you're down or a failure if you're up you've probably been taught that from certain clubs and validation from other people you're looking for a validation from a piece of plastic but if your actions haven't been in line with your goal and you're expecting it to be down after consuming a lot more calories but you're making memories i would focus on well i've made memories so i'm just going to press reset you can use it as data i would focus more so on what you can control which is resetting and winning the next meal getting back to what you had done getting more water in and just kind of going back to what you had been doing if you end up going back into what you can't control which is the weighing scales of the weather you're going to end up in a you're going to be driving yourself scat so and i would end up and i would also try and say well and advise this as number one rule is don't restrict when you come back from holidays don't restrict do not restrict because you are literally trying to make that scales go down you can't control the scales but you can't control your actions it's not about what the scale what the scale is going down it's what you can stick to long term it's what you can adhere to long term it's not about what that scales is saying that's being driven from validation that's being driven by other people that's not being driven by you 
So it's not a true reflection where you're coming from. Step on it if you want, if you know it's just a data point. For most people, I'd probably stay off it for a few days and get back to what you had been doing, potentially reduce calories by, if you've been aiming for 1,800 calories, say for example, potentially go down to 1,600 calories. Um, reduce it by maybe 200 calories for a couple of days. Increase your water. Don't try to outdo anything because you can't undo anything. You can't un you can't change the past. Focus on the forward and look at where you are, and that's your new starting point, and focus on that. So hopefully that helps. And uh, that leads into the next question: tips for getting back to routine after a weekend away or holiday. This has been covered loads in the podcast, and my advice would be is just reset as soon as you can. The longer it takes for you to reset, the harder it's going to be for you to reset. So it's like putting it along the long finger. Have you potentially booked in a shop before you left? So it's there for you when you go. Have you potentially, have you planned in your week and say, right, I've got my sessions going in there. I've got my walks booked in there. Have you, yeah, just reset is a simple solution. Go back to what had been working for you. Win the next meal. That's probably the easy solution. Like I know on the weekend, like I had, I went for a swim and then I had fish and chips afterwards. And did I feel guilty for that? Absolutely not. I enjoyed my fish and chips. I enjoyed the company I was with. But what most people would do in that instant is I'm going full restriction mode. I'm going to slash all my tires and ride off the whole week. Unfortunately, that's what people do. And that's the reaction that happens. But that has never solved anything. You can't undo anything. So the same tool I use for myself, I just win the next meal. I reset. One meal in a week won't derail anyone. One meal in a week won't make me gain fat. One meal in a week won't make me gain weight. If they're your biggest worries, your issue is that you are associating gaining weight or losing fat with negative and a positive outcome. And your values are that you value yourself by how you look and validation from other people. That's what it's linked to. So if you're coming back from a weekend, just reset. Go back to what had been doing. Go back to what you had been working for you. Restriction will end up really, really badly. Just don't do that. Reset as soon as you can. Win your next meal. Go back to your normal breakfast. Go back to your normal lunch. Go back to your normal dinner, whatever it may be. The last question is in relation to how to manage expectation. Why do we feel failure or guilty when it's normal when life gets in the way? So I know I answered this in the group as a message as well. So you need to look at, well, what are your expectations? Where are they coming from? Generally, the expectations that you have are normally based off what society, what you think society is based off or what they think of what you want out of you. Society literally couldn't give a shit. Everyone's so preoccupied with their own stuff. Nobody really cares if Mary down the road resets or doesn't reset. How many people are actually taking notice of you actually looking after yourself and potentially going to the gym and going for a bit more walks? They're not really caring. They'll probably see the end result that may make a few comments. I don't think that's positive or negative. It's only negative if you allow it. It's only positive if you allow it. But what are your expectations? If your expectations is for every day to go perfectly, well, that's probably the issue. It's kind of like, well, where have you learned that every day is going to be perfect? It's potentially why one of the reasons why a lot of people can struggle is if we think every day is going to be perfect and as soon as something disrupts us or something doesn't go right we tend to let go of the tools that have been working for us like life is going to throw us ups and downs life is going to throw us curveballs 
there's going to be days where you're able to push it there's going to be days where you need to ease off it like there's going to be days where you can kind of like ram it home and there's days where you can't, you can't kind of push it as much as you want you need to look at where your expectations are coming from are they yours or are they societies most people's are societies and it's based off what other people think or what other people want but what makes us so important like what makes it so important that everyone has to take stock of what we are doing nothing like we're important to our family we're important to our friends we're important to ourselves but if you're doing things for other people if you're doing things for validation if you're doing things based off what everyone else wants from you you're going to end up in a bad way you're going to end up people pleasing and people pleasing is generally a recipe for disaster means that you value people over yourself like if you heard your kids say that you wouldn't be too happy and this may sound like quite dismissive and quite harsh in what i'm saying but it's essentially what i'm saying it could come back from a perfectionist mentality of that everything needs to be perfect in order for me to do something i know that i know i can hear i can almost hear, see or hear virtual nods going in the background now it's like well that's generally coming from trauma that's coming from bullying that's coming from parents that's coming from something that happened in your childhood that you need to be perfect in order for anything successful to happen or or for anything positive to happen that's not the case you're just associating that most people when we're kids we associate things with things so like for example the if for example one of the things that i kind of done research on is say if your dad was away for work a little bit kids can kind of their minds will race and we're like well i'm not skinny enough or i'm not i'm not saving saying girls i'm just in general um i'm not good enough for his attention and that can come from that as well but we associate that that's a story that we attach to thing it's a belief thing so we need to look at why are things not allowed to go wrong do we actually not learn more when things go wrong I learn more about myself through my mental health struggles than I did when things are going swimmingly well. I've learned more about myself when the things are going downwards than I have when things are going upwards. And I'd say most people have as well. They learn more about themselves. They learn about how resilient they are or not resilient they are. They learn who the, who they have around them or who they don't have around them. The only thing you can be on this earth is human. So trying to be perfect is either based off what other people want or it's setting yourself up for a fall by trying to be perfect and you'll end up doing nothing. If you ask yourself, and I've done this with a few people with my one-to-one clients is, write out what a perfect day of eating looks like. Then beside it, write out what a good enough day lo- eat of, of eating looks like. And you'll notice a massive difference. You'll notice a massive difference. That perfect day of eating probably doesn't involve any of your favorite foods and a good enough day will involve your favorite foods. So I know which one I'd rather stick to is that good enough day rather than that whole thing of trying to be perfect. You can't be perfect. Like no one can. It's based on societal norms. It's based on perfection. It's based on what everyone else wants from you or you think everyone else from you wants from you. And genuinely, it's not failure isn't a feeling. Guilt isn't a feeling. The overarching thing over it is shame. And that means that you've done something wrong. So let me rephrase this why is it wrong that something hasn't gone right or what you perceive to have gone right you're almost saying things can't go wrong for you like we've no control of a lot of things we've no control of this weather which is killing me by the way 
we've absolutely no control over it but what we do have control over of is resetting we do have control over our actions are we doing good enough good enough is going to get you better results than trying to be perfect good enough in life is trying to make you more happier than trying to be perfect all the time good enough is going to make you a lot happier by trying to control everything because if you're looking for control you need to ask yourself what does control actually give you control doesn't give you what you think it does control is because most of us that want control and are looking for control are giving it away for free we give it away to food we give it away to alcohol we give it away to other people but all we have control of is our own actions look at what you can look at look at what you can focus on so you need to look at why are things not allowed to go wrong like life will throw us curveballs and i know there's there's people in one-to-one and group and stuff like that that have COVID at the minute and there's holidays and stuff like that. there's always going to be something comes up in life but it's learning to get tools in your arsenal that gets you around those like for a perfect example as if if you get missed workout guilt or you get sick where does it say you can't skip a workout where does it say you can't get sick like I didn't train for the first three and a half months of the year because I couldn't breathe not due to COVID but I just couldn't breathe um, where does it say I can't I can't get sick it's our expectations it's our expectations of society it's our expectations of other things so you need to look at it and say right is it failure feeling no because failure is not a feeling guilty isn't a feeling it's an overarching thing is shame where are your expectations coming from are they yours or are they other people's why are you not allowed to skip a workout? Where does it say in the Constitution? Where's perfection coming from? If all these things are tying in, potentially going to talk to someone. But that's the all or nothing mindset. That's the perfection mindset. You're not all or nothing. You're not perf- you're not perfect or you're not perfection. It's your mindset and the attitude towards that side of things. And they're coming from somewhere. It's that belief thing that I spoke about a little while ago. So I know there's a lot there so from rep rep times and rest times shin splints when should you reduce your calories tips for getting back into routine after being away expectations versus reality that question about steps and coming back from holidays and what should you do so amazing questions um so i'm really really excited for you guys to hear back to that and if you've enjoyed it please share it please tag me and yeah guys thank you so much for your questions Thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Shane Watch podcast in relation to the Q&A. I love doing the Q&As because it, it makes me think about answers and how where people's headspaces are at in relation to the clients I'm working with and content and helps you guys. So if you've enjoyed this episode at all, please do pop me a message. Um, hopefully it has related to something that you're going through or that you're struggling with at the minute. If you are interested in working with myself in a one-to-one capacity, there's a link in the, the write-up if you are interested in working with me in the female fat loss program that's going to be coming up on the 7th of august there's a link in the write-up as well and there are limited spaces because so many people from the june intake are going into the august intake which is amazing to see so there's limited spaces there so first come first served into that so if you are interested click the link in the write-up so guys hope you have enjoyed that episode